Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Paralegal Mastery Lounge podcast. Jacqueline Foster here. You're about to listen to a recording of a webinar we did on both our Facebook group as well as our LinkedIn, where we're talking about mastering client operations and relationships. It seemed to be uh, observers' favorite so far, so I think you'll find a lot of value in this webinar. This webinar is geared towards freelance paralegals or aspiring freelance paralegals just to delve into understanding um, how you're going to operate with your clients and manage that relationship with your attorney clients. So as a reminder, our Paralegal Mastery Lounge is closing at the end of August. So you're listening to this today. It's August 24th. It's actually my birthday. Um, But so by next Thursday, that will be the last day to join the Paralegal Mastery Lounge. So if you've been considering joining, join today. Visit paralegalmasterylounge.com, $19.99 a month, and you have a complete roadmap, support, guidance to building a freelance paralegal business, to scaling a freelance paralegal business if you've already built one and beyond. If you're a paralegal that wants to stay in the employee sector of your career, you want to remain an employee of a law firm or an organization, this lounge is still for you. I am also taking all of the entrepreneurship approaches, methodologies, etc., and applying them to how you can grow your paralegal career into a six-figure earning career. So join today, paralegalmasterylounge.com, and enjoy today's episode. Hi from New York City. Hi from Gulfport. Missouri, Missouri, right? MS is Missouri. Hi, Jack. Hey, Heather. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Jessica. Thank you guys so much for joining. It's pronounced Brooklyn. Perfect. I thought so. Uh, Super hot. Yeah, I I believe it down in Houston. We have a client down there, a couple of recruiting clients down there. Hi from Vegas. Hello, Andrea. Okay. Hi, Monica. Oh, great. Everybody's joining. Yay. Let's jump into it then. That's so exciting. Okay. Today we're going to talk about mastering operations and client relationships for paralegal entrepreneurs. Obviously, this is a huge topic. Hi from Miami. Hi from Charleston. So awesome. This is awesome. Lots of people all over the country. Um, But yes, Client relationships, operations, they go hand in hand. It's all about the client experience. And the best thing you can do for your business is invest on retention of your clients. Retention is what's going to make you money time over time over time. Yes, new clients are great. We want to get new clients in the door. But once we have them in the door, we want to make sure we're holding on to them and keeping them there and giving them a really exceptional experience when they are working with us, not only so that they are staying with us, so that they are retained to us, but that they're also willing to give referrals, refer their friends or their colleagues, et cetera, um, other attorneys to you. So that's why I I thought this topic would be really great. And we're going to jump right into it with number one is setting up efficient systems for your day-to-day operations. So Identifying key operational areas that require efficient systems. And I'm going to tell you them right now, although every client's going to be a little bit different. Um, And we're going to go through, you know, you want to look at developing the standardized processes, the workflows, utilizing the technology, the tools for those streamlined operations, delegating tasks and responsibilities effectively. And I'm going to give you a few real life examples of how 
I've evolved my company from the utilizing the technology, streamlining these operations that give a better client experience. But number one is identifying what areas need efficient systems. First of all, delegation. We have to make sure that our our attorneys are able to delegate work to us very seamlessly. If they're not able to do that very seamlessly, they are going to get stuck in this paralysis of de delegation. They're going to find it to be a chore to delegate to you versus an offload to delegate to you. So right away, and don't be shy, attorneys, your clients are gonna appreciate this. Right away in your discovery call and your onboarding call, whatever that may be, make some suggestions to your clients if they don't have a plan in mind of how they're gonna integrate you into their system on ways that you guys can collaborate collaborate more efficiently day in and day out. Um, I always recommend, if possible, you jump into the law firm's um, task delegation system that they already have to not try to teach them new tricks, teach them new processes. If they don't have them, then that's when you really gotta step in. But for instance, if they're utilizing Clio, get right into their Clio account and have them be able to delegate tasks to you. Now, if they don't have a system like that or they decide they don't want to put you into that, give them another opportunity, another platform to, to give you tasks. You can use simply something like Asana, Trello, um, something a little bit more intricate would be Monday.com, but that, that's a little bit more expensive if you're putting your clients in there. But you can have free Trello boards, make them specifically for that law firm. Anything that makes it easy for them to say, jump in, work on this project, here's access to the file, here's everything you need, instead of them feeling like they have to piecemeal things to you via uploading on an email or you know things of that nature so we want to make sure that the the systems are are very efficient and that's that's client relationship management i know it's operational but it's client relationship management because they're going to feel that this experience is positive this experience is a weight lifted off of their shoulders um, instead of feeling like this is just more delegation that's so messy so crazy and this just isn't going to work for me um, i'm not able to easily get work over to my freelance paralegal it's just not gonna work for me it's not taking time off of my plate by doing that especially for the smaller tasks um, and you really want to develop these standardized processes and workflows always pushing give me deadlines I want to make sure I am um, managing your expectations of deadlines so in order to do so I need those deadlines um, you might think you can figure out what comes first what they what the real priority is then to come find oh gosh that really didn't take priority I really needed this this week and even though it's kind of on the client, still the client's perception is that you just didn't decide what was most important. So really making sure that you're working with those deadlines um, with your clients. And especially as you get individual clients, you get multiple clients, different attorneys, and you're managing the workload of all of them, you really want to be able to have your own system in place of knowing what client needs to take precedence which day. Uh, to be meeting those deadlines for each client. Um, and I always tell my clients, Put your deadline two days before you actually need it back just because in case you're in a bind and you get in there and you're like, well, this should only take me an hour to draft, but now suddenly I don't have something I need and, and the attorney's not responsive, now I'm gonna miss my deadline. Give yourself two days grace. Set that uh, deadline two days before. Um, another thing for streamlined operations, onboarding experience of your clients as they're getting into your systems, um, for instance, I have tried multiple ways of approaching for my recruiting clients and getting all the information that this is driving me nuts. There's something like over my face on my screen. Um, what do you guys think of my background, by the way? 
I, I switched up my desk. <laughs> I don't know. I might go back to just black. Um, so in my recruiting side of my business, I have always kind of tried to gather all the information on the sales call, make sure I'm asking the right questions. And then I was finding my team asking me the same questions or unique questions or like these are the questions coming up from the the candidates that we're trying to hire. And these are the things that would be really nice and less embarrassing if we knew and had that stronger uh, sense of grasping on that position. So then I started what I called my kickoff call, which was an hour long call with my clients to just hash out everything, you know, hash out everything on the um, as it relates to the job. And that kickoff call was almost too much in depth because it allowed the clients to get a little bit too subjective in their um, thought processes, which is great. You know, we want them to be subjective, but that subjectivity started to to push into our role and by nature when we're recruiting we cannot just we can't if we focused on meeting everybody's subjective this person passes we would we would never make money right so we have to really focus on the objectivities so then i switched to a streamlined type form where i gather all the information the client quick goes through um these are the things we need to know as far as it relates to the jobs your benefits your hours are you flexible on salary how flexible are you on salary all these things and then they fill that out and it comes to us and we have all the information we need which means that we're going to our client less for less questions so as you're getting into freelancing with par- with attorneys use that same process of sorts whether it's a form whether it's an intake form that you run through with them but a standardized process on the things you need to know one tip quick tip question that my attorneys absolutely love when i ask them this is a freebie uh tip i swear every attorney just like melts when i ask them this question is do you prefer our paralegals spend the time if they don't know the answer to something whether that's your systems your processes or something with the law do you prefer them to spend the time figuring it out themselves or would you prefer them only spending five minutes trying to figure it out and then coming directly to you it's a total preference question but they really like that because they're like wow that's you know i makes them think a little bit would i rather the paralegal spend their time and you're, you know, you're paying them to figure it out, or would you rather you just answer the question and spend your time answering that question? A lot of times they'll say, I want them to figure it out. So asking those questions like that, as far as it goes to your intake forms and creating those creative questions um, is also going to give a little bit of a, a window effect of them looking into what it's like to work with you and how you're checking off boxes and making sure everything is in line so we can work seamlessly together. Okay. I'm just going to double check. And at any point in time, you guys ask me questions. I might not answer them right away just to prevent me getting off uh, track and going down rabbit holes like I'm so famous for doing, but I will get to them at the end. So if any questions pop up in your head at all as, as it relates to this topic today or something else, please, please feel free to comment them. Okay. So the other thing of mastering these operations these client relationships is delivering exceptional client service so we have to understand the significance of client service as it relates to freelance paralegals and i drilled this in years ago um, when i started my paralegal entrepreneur circle that we really have to shift out of employee mindset we have to push ourselves into a business mindset which is kind of interesting honestly to go from that to that as a paralegal trust me i've dealt with that odd transition for years i've always supported par- uh, attorneys as a paralegal and now i'm switching into like i'm a business owner like they're hiring me for this need as a business owner now 
don't be alarmed. A lot of your clients are still going to kind of push you into that, like you're my employee mindset. But as it relates to your business, you really have to look at the client service part of it. Even though you are working with them hands-on in their cases, all the above, still feel free to send monthly touch-based emails. Like, how are things going? How do you feel? Is there anything I could be doing differently to improve? Those types of things. Now, I do that for my paralegals that work in Del at Dell Trust. I manage the client relationship, but the best paralegals that come in um, to my company and like they're also managing that relationship to some form of another. So that is, it's, it's super important to shift out of that mindset. Like when you're working with the attorney, you're not the employee of the attorney. You are a business to business situation with that attorney. So make sure you really separate yourself um, from that sort of, uh, what would the right word be? What am I looking for? Like the the role and the the power shift, right? We have like a power shift going on. So making sure you're, you're definitely getting out of there. So as then we understand that importance, we're going into like the exceptional client services checklist, establishing clear communication channels with the client. Again, going back up to the operational side of things, this can be a form of a checklist. How are we going to communicate with one another? How do you prefer I ask questions? How do you prefer I uh, submit documents or tell you that I'm done with a project? Uh, make sure that you are factoring in their preferences and what they're already doing in their day-to-day -day operations. Um, but if you have a better suggestion, for instance, like I have attorneys that are just like, I'll just email them. I'm like, please just don't email them. Like, let's figure out something else um, because I've told them it just gets too messy. So what they'll do is, you know, let's get them, if they have Slack, if they have, um, you know, a chat feature within their case management system, a comment feature, um, and, and just establishing how you guys are going to interact. I always recommend you getting an email address with the law firm in case you do need to contact third parties or clients or opposing counsel, what have you, on behalf of the um, law firm. And, and, and so most every... Basically, every one of my um, clients has always put my paralegals on their own email address. So making sure that and then then what you can do then is get that email address into all the systems. So they still kind of control all of that. So really making sure that you have. Mary, you can't hear. I'm sorry. Can anybody else hear? Um, not here. Just let me know if. Well, that's. I just am like, can you, let me know if you can't hear. Well, you wouldn't be hearing, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, sorry, Mary, I'm not sure. I don't think anything's wrong on my end. It could be your computer, so check your speakers, perhaps. Um, hi, Tara. Okay. Um, hi, Sebastian. I see a couple new faces joining. Wonderful, wonderful. So that commu communication channels. And not only just setting the clear communication channels, but also establishing routine communication in general. Great, Sandy. Okay, good. People can hear. Establishing the clear um, communication expectations. You know, over-communicate. You can never go wrong with over-communicate. I mean, don't be obnoxious about it. But I think it's always a great, great, great idea at the end of each day to just send a little recap. Um, this is what I worked on today. I'm on track for XYZ deadlines. Attorneys the biggest reason they start to push away from freelance work, remote work in general, is because they get worried, like, is that person actually working on it? Um, so I'll tell you that that's one of their biggest fears. Like, I know I have this deadline coming up. I haven't heard from my paralegal. Are they actually working on it? I've had paralegals that um, we had to refund a ton of money because 
she had not communicated, you know, with with the client, and they're like, oh my gosh, like this was we had a deposition, you know, three months ago, and I'm like, shoot, you know, and obviously things happen, things fall through the cracks, um, but just not having that clear communication, and this is what I'm working on, letting you know this is what I'm working on, is the best. And then I also recommend doing like weekly touch point meetings, maybe on a Monday morning, maybe on a Wednesday afternoon, something just to touch base and make sure everybody's on the same page. <clears throat> and that's where we're going to uh, provide timely, accurate information to our clients. Another thing about the client's service um, is going to be around them being in the know of what time you're spending and where you're spending it. So make sure you're whatever format you're using. And I talked about this a little bit in the systems and operations. So I want to not over, you know, repeat myself on specifics, but make sure you're tracking your time, taking notes. And in that, sending the updates to the client so they don't have like a shock factor um, within, you know, your time. And once you get that invoice out. <clears throat> so managing client expectations and setting realistic goals is also very important. Always make sure you're under promising and over delivering. So if they say, you know, these are the things I need help with, you can be okay, I definitely can get this, this and this done. But I believe this discovery project is probably going to take me quite a bit of time considering the volume of it. Um, so is it possible to stretch out a week or can we um, reshift the deadlines? You know, what works there? So always making, we're setting realistic goals and then better if you just get it all done, you know, in that week. So even look for those opportunities to just, I'm not saying constantly tell your client you can't meet their expectations, but lower the standard a tiny bit and make it, I shouldn't say lower the standard, make the standard a little bit more realistic and then overperform for them. Um, don't make this a game. I'm not suggesting that, but you see I'm kind of getting at with that is is really under promise over deliver under promise over deliver okay and as you guys are listening and watching give me like a unique or something that happened with you and a client whether good nor or bad um, I want to hear your stories about how thanks Donna um, I want to hear your stories about how your client experience has been going have you been experiencing any challenges with invoicing with uh, payments with communication I know one question I'll probably get and maybe I shouldn't even say it because I want to see if I get it I have it in my head yes Karen this will be accessible recorded as well as eventually it will make its way over to the podcast so yes I'm sorry, I know I did it in the middle of a work day. Um, it's hard to accommodate all the time zones. And I also have, this is my job. <laughs> so this is my work day too, and this is what I'm doing for work. Um, so I'm very sorry, I know it's, it's hard to accommodate time zones. Um, but yes, we'll be available later. Okay, so managing those expectations. Always manage the expectations. And again, it, it goes into that intake, it goes into that onboarding, and you asking specific questions is setting those expectations for them at the same time. It's just like when we interview for um, jobs, you know, when we're interviewing a candidate, we start to ask really specific questions that are giving them a little bit of a window into what the job's gonna be like. You know, for instance, I could say, how would you handle coming into like several case management issues or you know something like that i'm telling them like there's case management issues here so those types of questions are always going to be very helpful in setting those client expectations and the more we can set them and meet them the better the client's going to be retained with you they're going to re they're going to your retention rate's going to go up 
Building strong relationships based on trust and rapport as you're managing them, developing that client-centered approach and tailoring services to meet client-specific needs. I want to caution you guys from being so set in how you operate as a freelance paralegal, um, which is contradictory sometimes to other advice I give in business establishment, like you really need to decide this is how I'm going to operate. But if you're doing these one-on-one services, like I'm actually working in the law firm on, you know, with the firm in general, it's not like I'm a product, um, you know, productized, I'm not, you know, some back office drafting documents, like I'm working with the firm, we have to be a little bit flexible. So, you know, one, you might say, well, I have my own Clio and that's where I like everything. You're going to narrow your pool down a lot, especially with these attorneys. You have to think the reason they're hiring freelance is because they're, they're, they have this like gap of not enough work to, to justify a full-time hire, but too much work to not have that full-time hire. And if you're coming in and you're like, you have to adapt to me, um, you're creating more of a, another problem for them. So I'm not saying like, go belly up and completely ditch your systems or your billing or your structures, but try to be a little bit more amendable to to how you operate um, within reason, of course. I've had that that compliment many of times um, from my clients that they say this is you know really why we're choosing we've cho- chosen you is because you're you're so flexible with us. And within reason, like I'm flexible enough, I protect my own interests as well and the interests of my paralegals, of course. But I also want to make this a long-term working relationship. So that's where we're developing this client-centered approach. It's all about the client. And again, going away from that employee mindset into business mindset, it's all about the client. And now the client is the attorney, right? So you, I mean, and obviously looking at their clients, if they have you working with them, you need to do that same, same stuff, client-centered there too, but really focusing on your attorney as the client. Let's talk about handling difficult, difficult clients. Um, I'm welcoming the distraction this afternoon. It's a nice break to refocus. I always add a day to my expected deadlines when I speak to a client. Yes, gives me room and opportunity to over deliver. Absolutely, Donna. That's that's very good feedback. Um, let's talk about dealing with difficult clients. Now, before I get into difficult clients, I want to back up and un- like there are some clients that are just going to be difficult. Like they're just put on this earth to be difficult. No matter how great you are, no matter how much you work for them, you spend spend all night with them. Um, But sometimes clients don't have to, they become difficult because we have not established the correct operations. We have not established the correct communications. You might hear my son up there sorry they're playing we got a new puppy I, sh- I wish i had him down here i'd show you all him he's adorable little german shepherd um but usually we create difficult clients by not having the proper systems the proper expectations and the proper workflows and client services and all those things in place before we get there for instance one time i had a difficult client or a, a person tell me uh, ask me for some feedback on a difficult client that they agreed upon a certain rate. I'm also sick, so just give me a minute. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> they agreed upon a diff, uh, a flat rate. Um, no, they did not agree upon a flat rate. They agreed upon an hourly rate, and it was to be able to be billed after the services were rendered and complete. And so... Little did this paralegal know, you know, I mean, they discussed how much time it would take and she didn't really know, like, once she got into the case, like, 
this is going to increase hours significantly because I don't have XYZ documents and this has to be done before this can be done. So it became just a lot of back and forth with the firm's client, the law firm's client, the, the case client. And her time doubled. And she's like, I promise you I did not fluff my time. I actually took some off to make it look a little bit better. And she like refuses to pay it. She said in the beginning, you told me it would take about this much time. Then you did, you know, now you're, you told me to take eight, you billed me 16 or 20, like absolutely not. I'm not paying it. And so the biggest thing on that, which I, I said, you know, unfortunately you're just going to play, um, like crisis control, you know, let's, let's, Let's deal with the problem now. But going forward, I'm like, I would highly recommend, first of all, never break it up unless it's a short project. Don't wait, like don't work on a project for two months because that project got drawn out even though it was 20 months, 20 hours total. It got drawn out in two months. Don't wait until then. Bill incrementally per, per milestone. Think of an attorney's flat fee. You know, I worked for an attorney and on a divorce, for instance, we had a flat fee for filing the petition and got and getting through mediation. If then we had to start going to trial, they got another one, right? So, and I think we had three like chunks of that. Do the same thing if you're going to be pay after services. Um, and that's the same way I invoice. I invoice every two weeks and that's me. Yes, it is after the services have been rendered, but it's more incremental. So we're not hitting the, I used to bill every 30 days and I was running into so many conflicts with my clients about looking at the time from three weeks ago and saying, no, that's not accurate. And now nobody's memory is refreshed or, you know, looking two months behind. So making sure, looking back on that um, example, is that particular paralegal really should have been sending her weekly updates. This is how much time I spent this week, and this is the progress I've made. And keep going from there and invoicing in those individual increments um, so that the attorney doesn't get to the end and says, like, this is totally wildly inaccurate. So that's where we're really looking at setting those expectations be cautious about that as well i i know attorneys will try to push you because they want to like all this predictability well how long do you think it's going to take how long do you think it's going to take and it's like well it's hard to say like how good is your client how much how good is your uh organization like what is going on in the file i don't know until i get in there um so really making sure you're establishing the expectations and saying you know i'd really have to get a good look at it it could take anywhere from eight to add Double it, right? Double it just to err on the side of caution. And then going along with that to avoid these common challenges it is that's the most common challenge is going to be billing discrepancies. Um, make sure you're keeping your client constantly in the know and protecting yourself by not delaying your own payment for the services you render. Um, Managing client feedback and addressing concerns proactively. Don't avoid it. Um, that is one nice thing. And I'm not trying to sell myself. I'm just saying I'm an agency. So I manage that for my paralegals. Otherwise, it can. Ooh, I think I logged out on LinkedIn. No, oh, I'm back. I manage all of this for my paralegals. So there's no awkwardness within the um, relationship of paralegal to attorney. But if there's any concerns or anything going on within your, give me a second. I'm going to close some stuff on my phone. I think I'm struggling. How is every, how's my picture for everybody? Let me know. Tatiana, or that they will pay two months at a time. Right. I'm not really, I can't remember what I was saying, but yes. Family Law Enough said yes. Ugh. 
all the joys. Um, okay, let me know if everything's good. Love that. How good is the client? Yeah. Well, how good is your client? Well, because guys, I had a my first client I got, I was so proud of this client. I mean, I was like popping champagne because I couldn't believe I did it. And it was relatively quickly, I want to say like a week or two after I started my business and started advertising it. And I jumped on him, you know, because it's like, great, I have a client and it was a motion for compassionate release. I tell the story all the time. And I honestly, I didn't even totally have my prices like locked in my heart yet or analyzed yet. But I, I answered this call or I called him back and I'm like, this is what I'll charge. And he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed flat fee. And I astronomically undercharged it, you know, to draft a motion and a memorandum for the Eastern District of California federal court. It was a 21-page memorandum or something like that, something like that. The client was so, it was like, oh, yeah, we have medical records. We have everything. You just have to draft the motion. I think I only charged him 500 bucks, and it was so bad. Like, the client, put it this way, I drafted a uh, this whole uh, motion, and then where he was going to leave was um, going to, to stay because he wanted compassionate release and be on the house, like, arrest or confinement, um, at home confinement. And the person he said he was going to go live with his girlfriend, right? Or his fiance. So we put this in the motion. The state responds by saying, that's interesting. That's where he's going to live because we've been looking for her. She's on the hideout for the same crime he committed. I'm like, you can't make this up. I'm like, you cannot make this up, right? So then I just, I way undercharged myself. So don't undercharge your services. Always add five, five, five. little fuzzy. Okay, sorry guys. I think it's because I go live on both um, or I have to have my door shut because my kids. Um, sorry if, if the picture isn't great. All right, we're getting to the end here. Um, I just wanted to, to kind of tie that all in about how you know, obviously we need to be delivering exceptional client services, but right from the beginning, when we're getting our information, we're having these discussions and the, and the pricing points and all of that, um, looking at how we can prevent client issues by being very communicative in the beginning and throughout, setting those expectations, setting that workflow, having a standardized procedure of onboarding every single attorney the same. Okay, does anybody have any questions? It's 1.30. I'm sorry, I kind of didn't realize it was already 1.30 and I, I didn't really miss much though. And also make sure you guys, after you've worked with a client, don't ask them right away, but whether you're doing a project-based and then it's a one and done and you're all done, then you can ask for ask for uh, testimonials. Um, set up your Google Google page or whatever, your Google listing. Ask them to leave you a rating if it went really, really well. Um, if you've been working with a client for three months, six months, like ask them to give you a testimonial. They'll be happy to. So make sure you ask your clients for feedback. Also, always ask them if there's anything I can improve on. Is there anything I can improve on? Um, that is the most humble and well-intended question you can ask your clients, your boss, your employer, um, all of those things. All right. Yes, you're welcome, Heather. Thank you for joining and your support as always. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining today. Be sure to, to check out the podcast. Oh, real quick. The Paralegal Mastery Lounge is closing for enrollment at the end of August. So if you haven't joined yet and you're interested in joining, go take a look. 
Thanks, Monica. I'm glad you get good good tips from me. I, I try my hardest to not go down rabbit holes, but I don't like to script my webinars as much as I probably should. Um, so Paralegal Mastery Lounge, go head over paralegalmasterylounge.com. Join um, $19.99 a month and you get a lot of me. And you, I just added a new feature. You get unlimited access to me via Voxer. Well, really any platform. Um, but unlimited questions I can answer by voice. I'm going to answer both on Mondays and Thursdays. So you get that like one-on-one -on -one coaching feel um, from me. So be sure to go check it out and join. Uh, we do monthly webinars, uh, longer webinars, more in-depth webinars. I'm going to start adding more workbooks. You know, this is a baby baby membership, but I think it's already packed with value. Um, workbooks, there's a LinkedIn challenge right in there that's going to really help you ignite your LinkedIn presence. Um, it's a 30-day and you get free products like a client welcome packet is in there for free. Um, discounts on my other like resume review services, um, my coaching, my one-on-one -on -one, like true coaching, um, discounts it in there too. So be sure to join the Paralegal Mastery Lounge if you've been considering it now because we're going to close the enrollment period at the end of this month for some time. So thanks, Jessica. I'm glad. Thanks, Corinne. Thank you all for joining. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Donna. Yes, it's been like a week. I'm And my kids aren't even back in school yet and I'm sick. Um, so this should be a fun, fun school year. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you again so much for listening to today's episode. As always, ratings are so greatly appreciated to help develop this podcast and get it into the hands of more paralegals wanting to expand into entrepreneurship and elevate their careers towards six figures. Final reminder for today's episode, Paralegal Mastery Lounge is the private membership is closing. So if you want monthly focus packages, keeping you on track to both start build and scale your freelance paralegal career into six-figure and beyond earnings. Join today. You get unlimited access to me as your mentor, your coach. You get monthly focus packages on all the intricacies that come into developing and scaling a business. And you get an amazing community of like-minded people on the same or similar journey. So paralegalmasterylaunch.com. Have a great rest of your week, everyone.